0: We are on Ksubis, Memdalet, Almad 44a, and we are towards the top of the page, top of the Amud, And in Ritz Hashem, God willing, we will complete uh, the Gemara, and in the next class, we will begin the next Mishnah, really a new topic. Uh, for today's class, we will be discussing, continuing the discussion of what happens if you have two documents. Uh, so, so far we've been discussing what happens if there is a married woman who has Two ksubas. She has two ksubas that were written by the husband um, that uh, the husband owes uh, after uh, death or after they get divorced. The husband owes her money. What happens if she brings out two ksubas that they're written on at different times with different amounts? So which one she c- could she use? There's only one ksuba uh, that she's deserving of. So which one does she use? As we mentioned uh, last time, that Ravuna is of the position that you could collect, she could collect with whichever one she wants. If there's an advantage to collect uh, with one over the other, depending on the situation, and we discussed at the time uh, in the last class why she might pick the one with uh, less uh, less value, with less monetary value. Um, if it's an earlier date, maybe it makes sense to to collect the one with the, with the lower value. Uh, but it's really up to her. In the end of the day, it's up to her. If there are two documents dated at different times, it's up to her. She could choose whichever one she wants. And so the Gemara now is going to challenge or at least question whether or not everybody agrees to this principle of Ravuna that she could collect with um, whichever document she wants. So the Gemara starts off by saying, Amr Mar, we've stated Ravuna's position. Ibai Bahai Gavya, Ibai Bahai Gavya. Rav is of the position that she could collect with whichever suba document she wants to collect from. Once there are two, they both exist, only one could be the real one that uh, she collects from. So she can collect from with, w- whichever one she wants. So the Gemara says, Leymah lema gedru Nachman. Maybe this is arguing on Rav Nachman. We should say that this is arguing on Rav Nachman. Why? The Amr of Nachman. Rav Nachman says, Sh'teishtar sheni es harisham." Rav Nachman is not discussing exuba. Rav Nachman is discussing, let's say, the sale of a piece of land, or the present, or giving it as a present, a piece of land. And there are two documents dated at different times. One's an earlier document, one's a later document. So Rav Nachman says that if we have two documents uh, of a sale or two documents of a gift, uh, so then we go based on the second document. The second document overrides the first document. Again, this is all assuming I think I mentioned this uh, in the last uh, when we discussed it in the last class. is all assuming that there's no reference to the first document in the second document. If there's a reference to the first document in the second document, then obviously we would follow the second document. But when there's no reference whatsoever and we have two documents in front of us at, uh, dated at different times, sort of Nachman says, you do not have the right to choose, but it's a case where uh, the second in the, in the end of the day, the second document cancels out the first document. So, isn't, isn't this against Ravuna? Ravuna said that in the context of Iksuba, she could use whichever one she wants. Rav Nachman seems to be saying that no, the second document overrides the first document. The Gemara says no. Maybe Rav Nachman is really not arguing on Rav Huna. The Gemara says... Rav Papa says no, what are you talking about? Don't you know that Rav Nachman agrees... That if there's something new, if there's an addition to the second document, let's say they're both documents of a sale of a property, but in the second document there's something extra, there's an additional, um, there's an additional part to the sale. So let's say he's selling him the field plus some tree or or something else. Or some some added element exists within the second document. So then Rav Nakhon agrees that it is not canceling out the first sale. The only time that it would cancel out the first sale is that everything is equal. If everything is equal, and there's just the only difference is that there are two dates. Do we go based on the first date or do we go based on the second date? So then Rav Nachman says, we go based on the second date. Now, uh, you might ask me, well, what's the difference? If at the end of the day, a sale occurred, uh, who cares uh, when it took place? Uh, so the Gemara will ask that. The Gemara will ask, well, what's the difference? So, um, uh, you know, uh, in the end of the day, there's a sale here. If everything is exactly the same, so then uh, so we need to explain why it would make a difference uh, when the sale took place. And uh, th- there are answers to that question, but the Gemara will, will deal with that in a few lines. But in the end of the day, everybody agrees, says the Gemara, whether you're the position of Rav whether you're the position of Nachman, that if there are new elements to the second document, so then no, the second document does not cancel out the first document, Seemingly, we would take the approach that uh, the buyer or the woman in the context of Aksuba, she could pick and choose, or the buyer can pick and choose which document he wants. Does he want the document that's dated at an earlier date, or does he want the document that's at a later date, but the document also includes other parts uh, that he has also acquired. So it's up to the buyer. Okay, so the Gemara now says as follows. Gufa. We will now focus for the rest of the Gemara... On Rav Nachman's position, we're, discussing, we're no longer discussing a ksuba. We will return to the ksuba towards the very end of this Gemara. But now we're focusing on a sale or a gift. You're gifting, uh, the uh, one person's gifting the land to somebody else. The so Gemara says as follows. We repeat Rav Nachman's uh, ruling that if we have two documents that are exactly the same, one has a date of January 1st, the other one has a date of February 1st, so then the February 1st document is the correct document. We go based, the second document cancels out the first document. So the Gemara says, well, let's, let's analyze this, because umar of Papa, Umoder of Nachman, the Ozebe Diklo, Kasve, that Ruf Papa says, Ruf Nachman agrees, that let's say there's some added element to the second document, so then it doesn't cancel out the first document, uh, the reason why the second document is there is for the added element of the second document, and so it doesn't just cancel it out, but both both continue to exist. So the Gemara says, well, if let's say the case was as follows, let's say everything is exactly the same, what the, the, the land that's being given is exactly the same, uh, the only differences are two differences. One difference is the timing. One's on January 1st, for example, and one's on February 1st. But the other difference is that the initial document was a sale. The second document was a gift. So then, there's an even though we're talking about the same piece of land, um, in, in such a scenario, there's something added to the second document, even though it's not stated. It's not a physical uh, property. There's no, there's, no, there's no physical element that's being added, but it's to the benefit of the buyer slash receiver to have that second document what is the benefit so the Gemara explains there's a concept called Dina Debar uh, Dina Debar mitzrah, which is basically the following idea if I own a property and Reuven owns one property and Shimon owns the neighboring property is right next door and owns the neighboring property the law is uh, the Torah says that if you are selling it so then you have to have Shimon has first rights He's the neighbor, it's beneficial, more beneficial to the neighbor to acquire that property because it's right next to him. It extends his lot. And so the the seller, Ruvain, who currently owns the property, has an obligation to offer the sale first to his neighbor. He has an obligation to do that. DNA bar Mitzvah. However, this does not exist if Ruvain is gifting the property to somebody else. If he's gifting the property to somebody else, then he could choose. Um, he could choose uh, who he wants to gift it to, um, who who will receive this piece of land uh, for free. Uh, the only time that he has to offer it to his neighbor is when it is a sale. And so by in the second document, which is dated on February 1st, by gifting it to another person, so now Shimon has no claim. Shimon has no claim to the land because the law only exists in a scenario of where he sold the land. So then Shimon could come back and say, well, hey, you never offered it to me first. But now that it's a gift, now that in the second document he writes it as a gift, so now it uh, it has uh, better and added value to the receiver. That is one scenario where there's a benefit, even though it's not a physical benefit, but there's there's a benefit to the to the receiver. What happens if it's the opposite scenario? What happens if on January 1st it was given as a gift? And then on February 1st, it was given as a, as a sale. It was then given as a sale. So that also has benefit to the buyer. The buyer benefits, uh, even though everything else is exactly the same, the only difference are the dates, January 1st, February 1st, but the first one is a gift, the second one is a sale. So it, it's beneficial to the to the receiver uh, to have it as a sale. Why? Uh, because let's say that property was meshubad. Uh, if it was on lien, that... Let's say Reuven is the one who uh, first gifted the property to Shimon on January 1st and then on February 1st it was written down as a sale. Uh, but let's say there's a scenario Reuven owes somebody else money. Reuven owes somebody else money and included in that besides repaying, let's say if Reuven doesn't have money so then um, it's a scenario such where um, the he's, he, he's required to pay from his field that he owns at the time and even if he sold or gave the field to somebody else, uh, the person that he owes is allowed to collect that field from the buyer slash receiver. He's allowed to collect that field. The field has, There's a lien on that field. And so therefore, um, let's say Reuven owns, owes Levy money. So Levy is allowed to collect from Shimon. He's allowed to collect from Shimon the field. Even though Reuven sold or gave the field to Shimon, Levy is allowed to collect the field. Okay, so that that's the case. Now... So now it makes sense why it's beneficial to Shimon to receive it as a sale. Why? Because let's say Reuven, in January 1st, gives it to Shimon. He gives it as a gift to Shimon. So now it comes along Levi. Reuven doesn't have any money. Levi says, fine, I'm taking the field. So he could just immediately take the field away from Shimon. And Shimon has nothing now. But if on February 1st, it's given to him as a sale... So it was given to him as a sale now so it helps out Shimon because if Levi were to come and collect the fields from Shimon in a situation where Reuven doesn't have any money to pay, he can now collect the fields from Shimon. Well, now Shimon, because it's a sale, could come back to Reuven and say, okay, but the field was taken away. But pay me for it. Pay me for it. There was a chariah. he took Reuven. It was a scenario where Reuven took responsibility and told Shimon, listen, there's a, there's a it's a possibility that Levi will collect the fields from you. I will pay you back. If he takes it from you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you back the money from the sale. Um, and so therefore, it's beneficial. This is another way in which it's beneficial to have a sale as opposed to a gift. Um, so in both scenarios, says the Gemara, whether on January 1st it was a sale and then on February 1st it was a gift. So then that's beneficial because of the laws of, uh, uh, of the neighbor, that the neighbor can't uh, have any claim to the land, to that property. Or whether it's a case where on January 1st, it was initially a gift, and then on February 1st, it was a sale. That's also beneficial to Shimon, the buyer, uh, because now if Levy takes away his field, so then he could come back to Ruvain, the seller, and say, Listen, you have to pay me uh, for the field that was taken away from me. So, in either direction, there's an added element. The main point is to say that there's an added element. It might not be additional property, but it's beneficial. It's beneficial to Shimon, and so therefore, the second document does not cancel out the first document. Uh, he's now able to pick and choose which document he wants. So the Gemara wants to know, the Gemara now says, So the only time where the second document actually cancels out the first document is where both documents are either, either in a scenario where both documents are a gift, it's being gifted to Shimon, or both documents are a sale, it's being sold to Shimon, and it says the same exact thing, the same exact thing is being sold, the only difference are the dates. One's dated on January 1st, one's dated on February 1st. And then the second document cancels out the first document. Why does the second document cancel out the first document? My Taima asks the Gemara. Why is it that the second document cancels out the first document? What's the logic behind this? The Gemara will give two suggestions. Suggestion number one is Repapa Amar Amar Uduya Udule. It could be that the second document cancels out the first document because we view it as though the first document, there must have been something uh, wrong with the first document that it was forged. There was a forgery for the first document. So therefore, they're writing the second document to, to make sure that everything is clean, everything is kosher, everything's kosher and clean, uh, because the first document there was a forgery on the first document. That's one option. Uh, the second suggestion is that no. It's not viewed as a forgery. The reason why they're writing the second do- the second date of February first, they write it again on February first. The same document. It's not because we, uh, they think that uh, the first document written on January first is a forgery. No, the reason is is because the buyer or the receiver, if it's a gift, uh, is basically saying, you know what? I will, I will um, excuse myself from the rights that I've had over the past month. I'm excusing myself over the rights that I've had over the past month. Um, essentially saying that as follows, that um, if it was on January 1st, let's say between January 1st and February 1st, um, Ruvain is the one who's selling this to Shimon, and Ruvain, he takes a loan on January 15th. In the middle of the in the middle of the month, he takes a loan out. Um, so if Ruven owned the land on January 15th, um, so then the land also has... Uh, the collector could collect from the land if need be. If Ruvain doesn't have any money to pay back, he could collect from the land. If Ruvain does not own that land, so then the the collector cannot collect from that land. So essentially by writing that the the new document dating it on February 1st is allowing the collector. It's basically saying, you know what? The collector could collect from my land if need be. We're writing a second document because it's as if, it's as if Ruven really owned the land at the time of the, the the loan when when Reuven took that loan out, where he owes somebody else money, um, and so so Shimon the buyer or the one who's being gifted the property is saying, okay, I will allow I'm 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 allowing there to this land to to have the possibility of being collected by um uh, by by uh by the person that that Reuven owes, owes money to towards, um, and that that's the idea. It's not that we view it as a forgery. It's not like it's a forgery. The, the first document. Uh, it's that he's he's excusing himself and he's allowing uh, the field to be collected. Okay, so what's the difference? My benayu. Practically, what's the difference between these two different approaches? Which will also explain the question that we that we had a few minutes ago. In the end of the day, what's the difference whether it's written January first or February first? It's talking about the same exact field. No differences, nothing changes. Why do we go based on the second date as well as the first date? Three differences. Number one a rue sahade. Number one is does does it disqualify the witnesses, which is a fascinating idea, that if if we're saying if the approach is that the first one's a forgery, that means the witnesses have lied. Does that and it disqualifies the witnesses? Tosos, the classic commentator on the page, asks, "Wait a minute, do, do the they have the right? Just the, the the buyer and the seller have the right to automatically disqualify these witnesses? Uh, you need proof. You need proof to disqualify these witnesses." So Tosos explains, "No, it means vis a vis." The, uh, the buyer and the seller, for them, these people cannot no longer act as witnesses, which is a fascinating idea. They might not be disqualified witnesses, objectively speaking. But Reuven and Chimnur are saying, for us, we can never use these witnesses again. For us, as individuals, subjectively, we can never use these witnesses. Um, that would only work according to the first approach. According to the second approach, it's not a forgery, so they're not, false, they're not viewed as uh, lying witnesses. That's answer number one. Answer number two, ulishlume peri. If it's a forgery, so then... Um, if the buyer uh, used any of the fruit, if he used the field during that time, he has to pay it back if it's a forgery. If it's just the fact that uh, the collectors could collect from the field, so then he's allowed to continue eating on the field. And number three, Latasca. The third difference is with regards to taxes. With regards to taxes, who is taxed if it's a forgery? So then Reuven, the, the, for that month, is, is taxed for that field. And um, if it's just that he's being mocha, that he's allowing to collect from the field... Uh, so then it really belongs to Shimon, so Shimon would have to pay the taxes from that field. So that would be some of the differences between writing the date of January 1st versus February 1st. Okay, so just to uh, to continue on in the Gemara, but it, that that's really the end of that discussion. At the end of the day, uh, everybody agrees that if we're adding something, some element to the second document, whether it's something physical or whether it's an advantage, it's advantageous uh, to the uh, to the buyer, to the receiver, to the to the isha, to the married woman. Um, so then, it doesn't cancel out the first one, but they could pick and choose which one they want. If it's exactly the same, so then we go based on the second date. The Gemara asks, going back to our original dis- dis- discussion, may have a lot In the end of the day, with regards to Iksuba if you remember, we had the discussion about aksuba, about. What happens if the the husband doesn't have money uh, to pay back? So then, the wife is allowed to collect from uh, the wife is allowed to collect from uh, his property, his property that he sold to somebody else, that he's given to somebody else. So the question is, from which property is it? From property that he owned um, from the very beginning, from the time that they were halachically engaged, or is it from the time that they wrote the ksuba? So what's the law? One opinion is, like Rav Huna, that the baseline amount of the Ksuba, the 100 or the 200, that could be collected from the time of the halachic engagement, from the Eresin. Anything extra is from the time that they write the Ksuba. The Chacham argue, and they take the position of Rav Asi, that everything is from the time that they write the Ksuba. The law in the end of the day is that it's not doesn't go back everything, whether it's the, the baseline of 100 or 200 or whether it's the extra. It is all uh, begins at the time of the writing of the Ksuba. At that point in time when they write the Ksuba, then anything that he owned at that time, any field that he owned at that time, uh, could potentially go to the wife if he doesn't have money to pay to pay for the Ksuba at the end of the marriage. Okay, that's the end of the Gemara, and we'll begin a new topic. The topic of Motsi shemra new topic with a new Mishnah in the next class.